Welcome to Life-Changing Moments, a podcast dedicated to discussing biblical truths and practical strategies that will help grow our relationship with God. I'm your host, Jamika Ellison, and it is my pleasure to share with you this week's insightful episode. Stay tuned and let's grow together. This is Life Changing Moments, and we're here with Dr. Iana Harris, my friend and sister. And today we're going to be talking about one of my devotionals entitled From Death to Resurrection. Our scriptural basis will come from John chapter 12, um, verses 17 through 25. Um, And so one of the, the main scripture is found in verse John 12 and 24. And this is a conversation that um, follows after Lazarus had been resurrected and the people uh, were believing in Jesus because of the resurrection of Lazarus. Um, And it's nearing the time that Jesus was getting ready to make the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Um, And so I want to read a few of the verses again, John chapter 12 verses. um, We'll start with verse 24 and then maybe go back up so you get the context. Verily, truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And so, um, and Jesus goes on to say, anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. And so in this um, passage of scripture, Jesus is ultimately kind of predicting uh, and and foretelling his death and explaining the, the necessity of death in order to get to the fruit. Um, so we'll kind of just start there and, and jump right in there, Iana. What are you even thinking about that idea that before I can get to the fruit, something has to die? What do you think about? That, it, it's so fascinating, Jamika. There were so many things in this text and everything before it that just, uh, it just baffles me still to this day. I appreciate that the word is alive. I know um, the sister who did a podcast uh, before me, Sister Lynn, was talking about how alive the word is and reading this over and over again over the years it's like oh yeah this is good and then in points in your life it hits you different and so um, you know it's like um my mom passed away in january of this year so Mm -hmm. death has been a very present conversation for me all year long and um so it's it's so interesting because i've been dealing with not just that natural death of a parent, but also the death of my own ideas, the death of my own thought process, um, mm-hmm. of my own history. So when it talks about that there's the fruit has to come forth after the death, that thing has hit me so different during this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we've read this. I, I've read this with you years ago, like we right. were in our twenties and 
it is like reading it fresh in 2019 and you know the the word changes for you according to what God knows that you need. Right. And I was so concerned many times about how uh, death would affect me because, you know, my mother's obviously the closest person in my life that's ever died. And I, I've seen death. I've been had death of friends and all of it. But God had to help me to understand that I couldn't lay down there and stay. So that, that was like, I was like, oh, I really want to mourn here, like for the next like 25 years. And not that the grieving in the morning will, will end, but it does shift and become different. And God began to challenge me to ask me what fruit will be born of the death of my own mother. Like what is wow. the fruit I wow. would take? And I was like, wait, wait, what? And so the word that God has been speaking to me is legacy over and over this year, legacy. What legacy will I carry on? Because my mother is the one who introduced me to the Lord, who took us to church as a child. And she had such a great impact on not just my life, but on the lives of people in around her. I was like, wow, how, how in the world, like, what, how am I supposed to live up to that legacy? And he reminds me consistently that there are so many onlookers, just like Lazarus's death had to happen the way it did you know Jesus is like well I'm glad it happened this way I mean I wish he wouldn't have died but I'm glad it happened this way because you all need to see see who who you're dealing with you need to see and understand who this God is that we speak of that he is the resurrection right now like he's that guy right now so when Jesus breaks out like that he's like okay this had to happen and there's a lot of people watching our lives and I think as believers we don't we don't like people watching our lives if we're honest, right? Right. I don't like anybody looking in on my story, but God has in my personal life, he's made so many things, my downfalls and my uprising so very public mm-hmm. that I get frustrated. I'm like, this is not everybody's business. Like, can I just privately go through X, Y, Z, privately fall? Can I privately get back up again? But just as the onlookers, the, you know, the professional mourners, everybody watching this situation, watching how Mary reacted, watching how Martha reacted, and the disciples watching how Jesus responded, and then his action, like, that is so powerful, because he's like, okay, listen, <laughs> I need y'all to understand something, that you need to get, get your mind right about what this death really is. Absolutely. One of the things, um, and, and something you said kind of points to in, uh, again, John chapter 12, we read two more verses. Verse nine says, much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there, talking about Lazarus, and that, and they came, watch this, not for Jesus's sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he raised from the dead. And you skip down to verse 11, it says, because that by reason of him, talking about Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Yes. And I, there's so much, so much in that. First of all, because here you're talking about the Jews actually believing and on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And that their belief came from Lazarus's death. Yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder, it's just the way I think when I read the, read the word, you know, if I'm Lazarus, once I don't came back from the dead, I'm like, Jesus, well, why I had to be the one? <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> 
to be, to be dead these four days? Why you couldn't have picked somebody else? And you think about Lazarus, in order for the resurrection to draw people to Jesus, there had to be death. Right. Like the, the death was absolutely necessary in order for there to be a resurrection. And, and a lot of times, you know, uh, we, we want to glory just in the resurrection um, and not partake, kind of like what Paul said, in the fellowship of the sufferings. Right. But in, before there's a resurrection, something has to die. Mm-hmm. I wrote this kind of this morning, so I was just reflecting on our um, conversation that we would have this evening. It is if the seed refuses to let go, the fruit will never come. Um, and that is that a seed has to stop being a seed at some point. Right. You know, when you plant a seed and I've called myself trying to garden a couple of times, I ain't got it right yet, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep trying. Um, but when you plant a seed, watch this, the, you read the seed packet and what it tells you is after it tells you, you know, how deep to plant it, how far apart to plant it. It says put two or three, watch this, in the same spot. And it says, because all of them are not going to grow. Wait, sister, hold on, hold on. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Put, it says to put two or three in the in, in together because of the possibility that you're only going to get maybe one or two of those to actually come up. Then watch this. It says if you get two, then you're going to have to cut the weaker one away so that the one can get what it needs and, and continue growing. And oh. you think about... <laughs> That, that's 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 literally what you know like i said when i say i've tried this gardening thing you know i've kind of done some research and tried some some seeds and had some seedlings grow um but one of the things you know just thinking about what jesus was saying it's like the fruit that i've been trying to teach you about can't come if if i don't go through what i'm getting ready to go through and i think in our personal lives we experience depth in, in a lot of different ways, right? Whether that's naturally, um, you know, like you, I, I lost uh, my father some years ago and it literally has changed kind of the course of my life. Um, there's that death. And then even in our, our walk with God, sometimes a, a season has to die. Yeah, okay. A season has to come to an end in order for me to be able to grab hold of what's next, which is kind of what we talked about in last week's um, podcast about, you know, the, the next big thing. Yes. And the idea that and if the seed does not stop being a seed, it never progresses to the next stage of growth. Um, and so we think about, I want to talk about this idea of being able to let it go. Oh. I think <laughs> a lot of times as we get hurt or, or have situations happen to us, if we don't let some things go, it'll hold us back in such a way that we're not able to grow the way God would have us to grow. Mm-hmm. It'll choke the very seed. And, it, and when you said that, I was like, wait a second. I think about how many times I, I know that we have been in spaces with people who who if you did a spiritual gifts test or you looked at their giftings that many have been gifted with certain things or God has given them the ability to do certain things and people many times will choose to stay in a particular uh, state 
they will choose that they're like, oh, well, I've been given this seed and that's it. It's kind of the whole thing of the talents. I've been given this talent. I'm going to bury it and I'm not going to do nothing. Right. And if we don't do choose to water, to cultivate, to till the ground, all these pieces that are involved that cut back this, the, these pieces that God is asking us to do in our lives, then we will be stagnated or we'll get choked out by the weeds. I'll, yes. Like, like it is so easy to die and not be resurrected because there's even, and, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm not a green thumber, but I watch them on TV. But when you, there's a, a, a space where you can bring a, a plant back to life, but it yes. requires the cutting. And it's, that's a whole different like level. Like, okay, fine. You, you died. You started dying. Now, are you willing to go through the cutting and the pruning process to be resurrected back to the life where I, where I really needed you to be anyway. In the first place. In the first place. Um, my pastor said a quote years ago, and I'm not necessarily a quote rememberer, but when something hits me between the eyes, I had to hold on to it. And he Right. Said, right. You know, it's like you got to you put it in your pocket, you bring it back out. You're like, wait a minute. He said, you are never closer to the gardener than when you are being pruned. Yes. Because the gardener has to pull in the plant to prune it that thing shook me and to like to this day i'm still like when i when it's when you feel this this death that it's unbearable because in if we are honest if we look at as believers if if you look at any person who has attained any what we would consider significant status in the lord any growth in the lord any public platform if we look at it they have experienced so much spirit like death of self like if you right. then you're operating in flesh but if you're operating in a space where you've allowed god to come through and chop away at your old girl that's a or your old man that's a whole different something but that thing right there is it's tough because you feel like wait wait is this worth it is this do i really who is this person i'm looking at now i don't even i don't even know her and guys like yeah that's good i want her to look like Mm-hmm. That was the point. <laughs> yeah, not good. I'm glad you don't recognize her. I want her to look like me. And and something else, something you said um, made me think about this idea that uh, we have a choice, and that you know God doesn't force things on us. And I think sometimes we choose what's easy. Yes. I mean, if you if you give me two options and you tell me if I cut you. You're going to bleed and it's going to hurt for a while. Mm-hmm. But after, after that stops, you'll be all right and you'll be better. Or I could not cut you and just leave you as you are. And you may or may not, right? Um, kind of survive. And a lot of times we, we want to avoid the cutting that you're talking about. We want to avoid the place where we actually have to to die and think about even when Christ was on the cross like he he had to give up the ghost there's a moment that he had to decide you know I'm standing on this cross and and doing what I've been sent to do or I'm coming down mm-hmm. and I always think about the, the 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 notion that he decided to die like he he made a choice I'm going to stay here and in staying, he still had to give up the ghosts. Like he, he had to relinquish mm-hmm. that part of him 
in order to be back to where God wants him at, at his right hand. And I think our lives are like that too. You know, God takes us through the different tests and trials that he takes us to. But uh, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, verses, Isaiah 53 and 10. I need to pull it up. I don't misquote it. But it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yeah. And it, it goes on to talk about how in, in bruising him, being him being Christ, God was pleased in, in that process because at the end of it, he was going to be where he designed for him to be, which was back at his right hand. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we're going through, I've, I've just come through something this year, you know, and while I'm going through, I love God and I'm, you can't make me not love him. You can't shake me from loving him. Um, but while I was going through, I said, God, well, you know, do, do you, do you like me still? <laughs> do you, uh, what, what's going on? Because it, it, it felt like almost like he had just kind of betrayed me in, in a sense, right? You, yeah. you logically know that's not the case, right? Cause you know that, that he loves you, but there are some situations you can go through and you're like, God, are you even here in, in this place? Do you see what I am experiencing? Mm-hmm. And I believe Jesus, you know, in, in telling, telling the disciples and explaining to them as he often did try to get them to understand what was getting ready to happen. Um, kind of, you know, had that, that moment. He said it on the cross said, my God, why have you, <laughs> why have thou forsaken me? Like you, you, you put me here to die. And God is saying, that's exactly it. <laughs> Wait, cause here's the, the beauty when you're talking, all I can think is there's power in the resurrection, but it, there's no resurrection without death. Right. And like, we, we like to like, Oh, you know, this is beautiful. But I'm like, it is the, the power is in the resurrection, but the resurrection actually doesn't happen. If nobody dies, like how does he bring back to life something that's not dead just by virtue of definition? It's like, what? But we will many times jump off the cross, like jump off of it, run down the road, leave it. You're like screaming. I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want it. And it is, it is a natural, uh, like if we're looking in our natural eyes and I know some people are like, Oh, you know, you're too deep. If I don't look with my spiritual eyes, then my natural eyes will continue to deceive me. I will really Absolutely. think, like just like you're saying, I I will think that he does not have my best um, interest at heart. I I will think that he has left me. I will think that he has plotted my demise, and this is the beginning of the end. But if we look in our spiritual eyes, he's like, no, no, there, there's something here on the other side. I just need you to hold on. It's like just a little while, daughter. Hold on, I got you. Let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about holding on. <laughs> when there's nothing to hold on to, right? When there's, you know, when you really feel like there's nothing. And and, and I believe that is where uh, your faith has to mm-hmm. step up, yeah. right? When, when, when you have exhausted all that you have, and I, I, I've been there recently, but for my faith, if I hadn't gone into what I, the trial that I went into with my faith, I wouldn't have made it. Right. And, and it is that faith, and I believe it really kind of kicks into gear when you you are at your lowest. 
when you feel like I don't even have nothing else, then there's something, right? There's, there's that, that still small voice. There's that something saying, just like you just said, hold on, daughter. Yeah. Just, yeah. just hold on. And, and what I found that on the other side of that press, literally on the, on the other side of that press, he makes a way. And, and you know, you, you, you kind of wake up the next day like, Okay, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, listen, Mika, I'm sitting here. I'm about to jump off this little chair because I was sitting here and I was thinking about, you know, how word pop. If, when you got word in you, it pops out at the right time. And I thank God for his word because literally we would not have made it. But I'm sitting here and um, Philippians 3, 10 through 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Mm. Like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained all of this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That will preach. All Absolutely. And, and literally, it's that it, it is. this speaks right to the part where you're like, I'm floundering out here. There's nothing to hold on. There's no hem of his garment. There's no unchanging hand. It is, I feel like I'm out here in the wilderness. Ain't nothing in here. There's no substance. Nothing lives here. Uh, it's over. And he's like, no, no. I just need you to strain forward, push forward. Like it's it's a concerted effort. It's not just a lay back on the side and be like, well, you know, I'm going to make it. No, it is a fight for your life. Absolutely. It is, it is a fight for your life. And in our in our our mind, it, if we, that's where the fight is, because you can overcome if you can wrap your brain around it because your body will say no. But you got when your mind says yes, you can be like, OK, uh, talk to these legs. Let's go talk to these arms. Right. We can do this. It is at that point, um, you know, in my from time to time, not not on a regular basis, when I, I used to have a trainer, and um, when you talk about uh, they they talk about something called muscle fatigue, mm-hmm. and 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 my trainer used would say because I would say to him, I can't do this no more, and he would say to me, your body can, you 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 can, you so you just have to believe you can, you you have to tell your body, yes you can, you you can you can lift this weight ten more times. Yeah, yeah. Despite of how I felt, and and you know what he would say is, I, in, in as a trainer and, and watching me lift the weights, he could tell when I reached that point of muscle fatigue, right? Yeah. Um, and I, God is like that, right? He's our think of him as a trainer who is standing, saying, "I know that you can take more than you think you can take," yeah. and because I'm God, I can see the moment when you can't bear no more. He won't put more on us than we can bear. And he's saying, I know that moment. You may think you know it, but I know the moment. 
when you can't bear anymore. And when I see you reach that moment, I won't put any more on you because you, you will have reached a point that I needed you to get to in the first place. What happens to us is, is just what would happen to me working out. Yeah, I hear you, trainer, but these arms is done. <laughs> right. The weight comes down. And then you know what happens? Mm. I got to start the reps over. Oh, God. Hey, ooh, ooh, mm. Listen, and sometimes we don't understand that if you would just walk all the way through the first time yes there's some mountains we wouldn't have to keep coming back around if we would just but walk through all the way in the dark trusting him in the sickness in the pain all of it that first time it's not to say that we're not going to continue to go through crazy we're not gonna, but this particular mountain you won't see this one again because you're gonna walk all the way through it and be like oh, okay i got everything i needed from this mountain let me move to the next one and watch this still still on this uh, training thing what happens now after you go through this workout and, and you do weight at this this level for x amount of time mm -hmm. your body adjusts to it then they got to change the weight because if, if they don't make a change in the weight you don't make no progress in what you're trying to accomplish in your in your weight loss goal and muscle toning goals mm -hmm. and so <laughs> Once you, and that's exactly what the walk with God looks like. Just when you get in your good stride and find you're in a comfortable place, here comes some more weight. Mm. Mm. And it, it makes you, you know, remember how it felt the last time you had the weight. Mm -hmm. And what happens, you know, in, in working out that our, your body becomes so sore that it's easy through the soreness to say, I'm not going to go today because uh, yeah. it's hard to work out through that feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is just, you know, I kind of see our walk with God that way that, that like you, you said something earlier that we keep jumping off the cross that, mm -hmm. that, that we are meant to bear. That's what Jesus told him. He said, you got to take up your cross and follow me. All of us, all of us have one um, that, that we each have to bear and if we're not willing to bear it, you know, if God, if Christ had decided, this is too much for me, where would we be? Um, and, and we have to think about who, something else you said earlier, who's looking at us, mm -hmm. who needs us to survive this mm -hmm. so that their faith can be built. That's the, 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 you know, a lot of people have a lot of issues with social media they are not fans and because of what they see going right. on i i tend to take a different approach to social media i do believe that there's hot mess foolishness but there's a piece of it that as a believer as a leader in the lord's church as a person who um has been called to certain things it is legitimately a platform to glorify the king of all kings Yes. Because there are more onlookers now in a social media age than there were ever going to be watching Jesus in his three-year ministry. So here we are walking epistles. We're literally read of men daily. And it's like, what are they reading? Because legitimately, we're living out our lives. And a lot of times we are living out our lives artificially in public. Right. And I'm not saying you got to lay your whole dirt crazy out. 
but what it what are men reading of you and we have this beautiful opportunity to glorify God and not glorify our situation not glorify you know but to to truly testify to truly um, allow God to be glorified from the muck and the mire that you've gone through and to be able to raise up and become whatever it is to fulfill his call on your life to to do what he's called you to do but we the onlookers are hungry the right. people, people are looking for something they're going to worship something so you get to help them just like be an example of this is the king of glory i'd like you to meet him here here's here he is this is what he's done in my life and I'm not perfect, uh, but I'm sure trying to trying to get closer to him. Here, you want to meet him? Because at some point, people are going to choose to worship rock stars and pop stars and TV stars and celebrities or their drug or their alcohol or their marriage or their children. They're going to worship something. Right. So we are people who are here, believers, who have this opportunity. I mean, it's literally like you're sitting here. You wrote a, a devotional book, not for yourself. Like, right. I mean, if you wrote it for yourself, you don't need to publish nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you wrote it for yourself. It's at the house. It's typed on your computer. You can read it anytime you want. But because you chose to publish it, to send it out to the masses and then take another avenue to take it to the masses by doing a podcast or posting different things or doing videos. I mean, you're the woman who did prayer at five o'clock in the morning during a very dark season of her life. Like, yes, you know, this, this is, this is the same person. Like you, you prayed fervently in the sleepy, crusty eyes mornings yes, <laughs> on, on a phone, whether nobody showed up or not. And that, that speaks, that speaks here, you know, 15 years later, that still speaks. And it's just like, okay, what are we, what are we allowing people to see? And it's not like you can control whether or not people see the bad stuff in your life, the mistakes you make, it's how do you respond to the crazy? How do you respond to what God is doing? You know, do you take the credit for it, believer? Do you take the, the credit for it, man of God, like woman of God? What are you what are you doing with this platform God's given us? And absolutely. Um, and you know, when thinking about this idea from death to resurrection, um, you have to ask yourself, like, what, what am I willing to let go of? And, and sometimes there are things people are not willing to let go of. You know, it was the rich man, Jesus, he said, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, you know, he, and he mentioned all of the things, some of the scriptures. He, Jesus said, you, you know well. And he said, now sell all you have. And he couldn't do it. He, he, he couldn't let go of that. And, and, and so miss an opportunity at eternal life because of what he wasn't willing to let go of. And, you know, sometimes the things that God has for us require us to trust him so much. And that's, that's really what forgiveness is about. Um, forgiveness is, is about trusting God enough to, to understand that if you let go of this thing, this thing that this person has done to you that God is God enough mm -hmm. to take care of you. Oh, yeah. God, God enough, you know, and, and people will miss heaven because of hatred being harbored in their hearts um, and, and dislike for this one or something that someone's done. 
and then they spread that and and now it kind of almost spreads like a like a disease and so if we're not careful we'll never reach a place where we're fruitful um i've been really kind of you know looking at scriptures and have done a, a couple of sermons um really talking about god's desire for us to be fruitful mm. um in our lives desiring that at the end of the day there's something to show for what we've done about money right um you can there are a lot of ways to to be fruitful um and i said it before god expects a return on what he's put in us too much and just given much is expected he expects he gave us all of this beautiful life and he continues to like daily load benefits and we're like freeloaders absolutely <laughs> just absolutely freeloading yeah. and, and wanting to keep experiencing his glory and his presence and 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 but don't want to give anything for it um i was teaching i teach uh, third through fifth grade and i get to teach um we get to have jesus time because it's a christian school okay. i told my students on Monday, because we were talking about gratitude and being thankful. I told them, God is not Santa Claus. Mm. He, is, he, he is, we should not just go to him and say, I want this, give me this, give me this, and I want this too. Mm-hmm. Then just walk away. Um, and a lot of times that's how we treat God. Yeah. We call it praying, but it's really just giving him our, our wish list yes. and saying, this is these are the things I want. When what he wants from us is a conversation from us I'm with him um, and and denying him that we really are hurting ourselves yeah. and that I, I find when I don't spend time with God like if I miss prayer I'm trying to pray on the way to on the way to work you know because I, I don't want to miss it so I try to get up early so I can make sure I have a time time with God because I need to hear from him in order to deal with my day. Right. And so um, the, another thought that I had as, as um, you, you, actually you alluded to it, to it just moments ago is that many are called, but few are chosen. Um, God has a calling over all of our lives, but those that actually accept the call, those are the ones when we're talking about being chosen, yeah. right? He has a call over all of our lives, but if we do nothing with it or sit on it, um, then the world can't be blessed. And the, by, as the main scripture that we talked about um, today, Lazarus, had he not died, there would have been a, a, a amount of people, yeah. right, that would never have been convinced that Jesus was who he was. And that, and that group, I believe, was so significant because this is so close to Jesus's crucifixion uh, that 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 group was going to be important because it's very key that it says many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus because of course after his his death and resurrection uh, and ascension the people had to still kind of exist and and figure out how to you know do this thing now that Jesus was gone how to share this gospel this new gospel. And it took an experience like them experiencing, you know, something to have known Lazarus. And then you hear, you know, he died. You, you yeah. went to the funeral. 
<laughs> you went to the funeral. And then four days later, people come, you heard Lazarus is alive again. Wait a minute. Who now? Down the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He what? And the people came to see. They were looking. It was so bad. The Bible says that because so many people believed on Jesus because of Lazarus, they sought to kill Lazarus. Yeah, because now, now you yeah. now you're showing out. We don't need everybody to stay. We we thought we had this thing under control with this Jesus. We can just kind of put him away. We already plotting his death. But now here you go, raise him from the dead. Here you go. Here you go. And and so now Lazarus, who already been (laughs) experienced death, now he in danger again because they they're wanting to they wanted to quiet down the belief. And that that says something so powerful that the impact of us allowing that death to happen in, in whatever area whatever place that is in our lives and our in our walk with god when we uh, allowed when we give up the ghost when we say okay god i just i understand this is I, this is something i have to experience and i i still love you i i will forever praise you you are still worthy even in this and and then the resurrection happened then we come back from that that's a testimony and the enemy don't want that testimony out. And the beautiful thing, you can't so if he, correct yourself. Like, like right. it, it's it, you had to yield to the death so that it could so that you could then get up with all power. Like before, just like Jesus yielded, then we yield to death in whatever area it is. Then the resurrection happens. But the beautiful thing about God is nothing is wasted. Like I'm like, like I look sometimes at my life and I'm going, really? Like, we're going to, we're going to use that right here, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't even see the ramifications, the impact, the ripple effect of yielding that dead thing to him and saying, okay, you need this twig of that's broken, been away from the vine for so long. I'm like, here, I'm going to give it to you. And he's like, look, watch, watch this. And he, puts it in water and it grows and you're like wait I don't even understand how you just did that sir like he wastes nothing the things that we discard in our lives the things that we run away from the experiences that we have forgotten he will use that everything for his yeah. glory nothing's wasted. all things yes. work together all things are working working together and even when it doesn't feel good even when it doesn't look good all things are working together. Um, and I know I've had to encourage myself a lot. And also the scriptures that say no good thing will he will hold from them that walk uprightly. Say, God, if I don't have it, it must not be good for me. And to then accept that, right? Whatever that is, that sometimes it may be the better job or the better, you know, whatever it may be that we may want and not have. Um, God knows what's best for us. Um, And it's about allowing him to be God. Dr. Harris, I'm so grateful to have had you. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to... um, share what, what you are working on, any projects, ministry projects that you're working on. I know you have done some mission work uh, in Costa Rica a couple yes. of times. Um, so 
I'm going to give you the opportunity to share on any projects that you may be working on. Well, um, thank you. First, I'm so honored um, to just be asked to to sit and talk with you. It, it's always a blessing to talk with you about the word. I, I don't think we really get a, away from talking about it when we, when we chat and laugh and have a good time. Um, it, it's just an right. honor to, to be even in your space, but in, in your space in this capacity and what God's doing in your life. Um, the it's so fascinating talking about death and what God is doing and how he's uh, using everything. I, um, one of the things that God has called me to in his uh, beautiful ability to waste nothing is I am a facilitator and trainer for abortion healing ministry. And that space is very challenging for people in the body of Christ to, to understand that women would healing from uh, making a choice to take the life of their child. And people think, oh, all, well, that's their fault. Sorry, they feel this way. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. And these are the people of God. And so God has called me into a very unique space to be able to not just walk women through a process of biblical healing, but also to teach other women how to walk other women through it. And that is so hard, but so rewarding and so beautiful and the shift for me has been lately that he has asked me to train the people, to, to teach the people, to um, bring awareness to the fact that this healing is needed, especially in the African-American community, the black community, however you'd like to phrase it. It's needed because we have more abortions than any other group of people, but we get healing the least because we don't talk about that kind of stuff in our community. Right. And so... Um, I wrote a devotional book for women who have had an abortion because there's so much shame. A lot of them will not come and sit in a small group. Like we have small groups um, for a small group Bible study that we do um, called Forgiven and Set Free. But the people won't sit in those groups because there's so much shame. So God did lead me to share a, a lot of my experience in a, um, a book um, a little devotional book uh, called Whispers from Heaven and How to Break Free from the Pain of Your Abortion. And um, it's been a blessing, and I'm looking forward to what it is that God has next. So, yeah, it's very interesting that um, our conversation would be around um, death and how God brings life from that death. He definitely does all things <laughs> well. <laughs> um and and and, it's, and and you said it earlier, God knows how to use your every experiences. That's when Paul writes, all things work together. He God uses the good and the bad to, to teach us, to show us, to reveal more of himself to us. I am just grateful to you, Dr. Harris, for agreeing um, to be a part of my newly developed podcast. I'm excited about um, what I believe God is going to do through this um, avenue, through this platform of just sharing the word and giving people practical um, strategies on how to apply his word to their daily lives. And so um, thank you again for being a part of Life Changing Moments, a devotional podcast. I will definitely be praying for you in all your endeavors and I'm excited to see what God is going to do next Amen. for you. you as well. Thank you so much for having me. All right. God, God bless. bless. 
Thank you for tuning in to Life Changing Moments. It is my sincerest prayer that you heard something that will help you grow in God. If you're interested in the devotional book mentioned in this week's episode, you can find it on Amazon, Life Changing Word, a weekly devotional for growth and transition, author Jamika Ellison. I am Jamika Ellison, your host, and I hope you join us again.